0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Friday, August 20th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include FHFA's housing goals for Fannie and Freddie, my interview with Candor CEO Tom Showalter on their recently completed Series A funding round, and some chop in the bond market. I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Candor. Have you heard of candor yet? As you'll hear shortly, they're gaining groundswell for their dynamic, adaptive, and automated underwriting engine. Who wants to work on a Friday in summer? Not me. I was pleased to find Type the Alphabet Game, which times you on how fast you type the alphabet. (laughs) Fun. And doesn't take much time. For something different, and some of you may need a tissue when reading it. There's a great story about a Polish javelin thrower who auctioned off her silver medal to help a baby with a heart operation. But that's a little outside the scope of the mortgage industry, and my dad finds himself today in Las Vegas at Originator Connect. With more implications, but much less fun to think about, is the reading of FHFA's proposed housing goals for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for the 2022-2024 to period that are designed to ensure the enterprises responsibly promote equitable access to affordable housing that reaches low- and moderate-income families, minority communities, and other underserved populations. For links to those stories, as well as latest employment opportunities, products and services, and Jumbo, Non-QM, and other product news, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Kander CEO Tom Showalter, they recently completed their Series A funding and I wanted to talk to him about that. Hey, Tom.
1: Robert, how are you?
0: I'm good. I've had you on the show before many mm-hmm. times, but you have exciting news for us today. Would you like to share that?
1: Yes, yes. We we completed our series A funding on Friday for $12.5 million. It was led by a venture capital firm called Arthur Ventures out of Minneapolis. We are very fortunate.
0: Give us a little more background on how long you've been seeking funding, why you sought it, what it allows you to do.
1: Sure. We've been seeking it for approximately six months. We had uh, negotiated terms with, with Archer Arthur over the past 90 days or so. And so um, we were looking for an investor that would complement our business model. So, we have the current business model, which is a productivity tool, but that's evolving to a second and a third phase that involves accumulation of data and the analysis of data to present data and analytics products to the mortgage industry. So we wanted an investor that would that would complement our vision and and see see the the big picture and and be willing to go a couple of extra steps. And we found one. And so we're very happy
0: what does that partnership allow you to do with your technology and how does it uh, improve well i guess yeah how does it how does it make the world better from a candor standpoint
1: we have a good technology now it's performing well in the conventional conforming space the money will allow us to expand the product Aggressively to include FHA, VA, Jumbo, and uh, non-QM very quickly, so it it will allow us the the security, the authority to expand the product extremely rapidly and and there and then enable the revenues to follow. So it's it's a product expansion funding, and then the second the second part is to is to establish the data and analytics products. at at some preliminary level so that we could get an idea about how that phase of the business model is going to work and then seek additional funding going forward, uh, given that the data and analytics spend will probably be quite considerable.
0: When you go through this process again for a Series B, would you do it differently in any way? Would you change things? What'd you learn from this?
1: What, What the market told us was that we were on the right track with the right idea sometimes when you go to market for money <laughs> the world of money says well thank you for for knocking on my door but you don't have the kind of idea that we'd really like to fund it has to be a blue idea and you've got a green one and so um, we found out that they liked blue and we were blue and so therefore the, the market endorsed our vision and our approach to the problem. And we had that from multiple sources, not just one. So assuming that the, you know, the next phase of the business model is as good of product market fit uh, as the productivity tool, the Candor Loan Engineering System has been for lenders, assuming we can manage to get that level of fit for the next round. I think continuing with the current vision and the current product market matrix as, as the destiny of the company, I think that'll, that'll, that'll go well. So therefore, I think the, the process we used last time will work this time. It's just that we'll probably have to talk to a different group of people because our check size will go up. And uh, it's, as you're probably aware, there are folks that like to do Series A. And there are folks that like to do Series B, and there's folks that like to do Series C, and so forth. So we'll probably have to change audiences for a bigger check for Series B, which has a different risk profile. We we found Arthur Ventures to have a a nice complement for where we were trying to go, and they had relevant areas of expertise. As we get into the next generation of kinder, we'll probably look for an investor that has a different profile, a different, a different kind of expertise to help us with the next phase of
0: the business. You talk about your vision that you sold to investors, and as a small part B to that, does mm-hmm. it become grander in any way or grow in any way with this Series A? It becomes
1: what we intended faster. It can, it can be the the big beautiful thing we've envisioned. It can be that in months instead of a year or two with we'll funding. So it's that kind of a a progress. And by the way, being all that it can be, uh, let me give you an idea what that means. Every time we decide to expand the footprint of the product and cover like FHA, as opposed to just conventional conforming, the amount of work we had to go through to create a product that could do conventional conforming loans, think like an underwriter would, and bring those loans to a close with a minimal of human assistance. Getting that machine to think that robustly, it was complicated, it was expensive, and it it was it was challenging. Uh, to give you an ideal idea, we have in our architecture something we call a pivot point. And in the conventional conforming space, now the pivot point is the narrowest, smallest, lowest level of logic that Candor employs and this is this is what determines whether candor can respond dynamically and adaptively or not so the question is how many pivot points does it take for us to complete our vision for conventional conforming it's taken over 37,000 pivot points that have to be defined developed tested and deployed in order to get candor to think like an underwriter to do a conventional conforming loan 37,000 with probably 20 or roughly 20 to 30 pages per pivot point to specify, design, deploy, test and so forth. Uh, That's like a million pages of thinking that the people of Gander have had to do in order to get that thing to work. So if you wanna do FHA and VA say that's another million pages. Well, suddenly we have another 30,000 pivot points we have to get out there and get them working. And, and so, get them documented, get, get a test methodology that can continue to test those over time. So, th- that's the kind of challenge this is. So, we have to add people who, whose thinking can contribute to that kind of a problem. And, and we are finding those people. That's not a problem. It's just we'd like to have, instead of finding 10 of them, we'd like to find 20.
0: You've talked about how you think you've created an underwriter who performed mm-hmm. the 95th percentile. Mm-hmm. Is the vision for the company that you will reach that 95th percentile? Are you there right now? Are you just trying to expand into different products? Can Can you explain that a little more clearly? Sure, sure. In the
1: conventional conforming space, we're there now. Cander, um, for example, in the data validation phase where we're determining if it's a valid pay stub, if it's a valid W two, if the bank statement's a real bank statement, if we sh- should consider these documents, uh, we do over two thousand cross checks just to determine if the documents are the right documents. That is worthy of the very best underwriter. And then we also do verification of the data, like for example, if the pay stub says it's ten grand gross gross income. Is that consistent with other other things we know about this borrower? So we try to verify that number. And then after all of that, we then try to vindicate to make sure that this whole thing makes sense. So for example, if you have somebody who's listing out as a $12,000 gross monthly income, uh, does that make sense given given this borrower? And for example, it could be that uh, this person... It does make sense, but only because this person has three jobs, and so the the make sense part is no longer does does this person make twelve grand a month gross because you now able to validate and verify that, but the other the other things have it how do you, how do you make sure that you're you're organizing this income in a way that's consistent with the guidelines? Does it make sense with respect to the guides? Do does does an investor want? a three-income borrower for $12,000 for a large amount of money. And that's the make sense part that Candor does as well. So in terms of Candor performing at a 95th percentile level, it really does. It's, it's very robust. That's the good news. And it's very stable. That's also good. And it's been consistently tested. So it's going to stay that way. So in the terms of the conventional conforming space, we think it's a very good product. We have to achieve that level elsewhere.
0: Let's close with this. Now that, as in your words, the market has given you the thumbs up, in a mm-hmm. sense, with this, what along Candor's journey was kind of the low point where you were thinking, I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, that, uh, was this the right idea to do this?
1: Well, obviously, uh, there were times when cash got scarce. <laughs> <laughs> and, and making payroll was was not a foregone conclusion. It's like, how are we going to do this? And who else can invest by Tuesday? It was, it was we had those kinds of problems. It's, this is a small business. It was a startup. It's now a little beyond a startup. But, but we had all the problems startups have. Uh, wh- where we excelled was the fact that we had a product market vision that we formed years ago after numerous interviews, 30 to 50 interviews with target prospects in in the market space. So we had a good understanding of where the market was and what kinds of solutions it liked. And so because those, those conclusions were reasonably sound and we exercised good judgment and good discipline, we didn't have to undergo any major change in our vision. We just had to execute it. That's not always the case. Probably four times out of five, you have to change your vision because the markets change or you didn't understand the market or it's not as big as you thought it was. We had none of those things that we had to deal with. So we were very fortunate in that the patience and discipline we showed years ago with these interviews and understanding what, what, what the market was telling us, we interpreted that in a reasonably sound manner. And so that's, that's probably been the biggest reason why we've enjoyed such rapid success. We're, we're growing rapidly now. We have over 40 clients. We got them all in the last year. It, it's, it's been a very, very good run so far, and it's looking like it's going to continue. Uh, but I think the the early discipline we used, and you can't underestimate the willingness of the market to share its information. We were very fortunate in that the market wanted to share its information about where it, where it needed technology to go and why. And uh, we were very fortunate in those. those early interviews were very sound. The people were very forthright. Um, these were a lot of my contacts, so we have spoken in the past. So I think that's one reason why we ended up with getting where we are so quickly. And so we have to do the same process over again as we roll out additional stages of the business model.
0: Well, I wish you the best of luck. And if your email you. notifications are any sign, it seems like you're in very hot demand. So thanks for coming on and talking to me today. And uh, I know we'll have you you back on soon.
1: Thank you very much, Robert. Bye-bye now.
0: Bye. Shoppy day in the bond market yesterday as investors digested the Fed's pending move to taper stimulus and received some new data. The mood was once again concerned about peak growth, which would further delay taper timing. Initial claims and continuing claims both decreased to the lowest reading since March 14, 2020, which should mean another strong increase in non-farm payrolls in August. The conference board's leading economic index increased more than expected in July, reflecting widespread overall growth, with all 10 indicators making positive contributions. Rounding things out, this week's primary mortgage market survey from Freddie Mac saw all rates within one basis point versus the prior week. Separately. Black Knight's McDash Flash forbearance tracker showed the number of active forbearances edge higher over the last week in what has become a well-established mid-month trend. The 11 k overall increase means 1.75 million, or 3.3%, of borrowers remain in COVID-19-related forbearance plans as of August 17th, including 1.9% of GSE mortgages, 5.8% of FHA-VA, and 4.0% of portfolio-held and privately securitized mortgages. This puts overall plan volumes down 110,000 from the same time last month. There's no data on the calendar today to close the week, though Dallas Fed President Kaplan will deliver remarks. The desk of the New York Fed will purchase up to $4.9 billion at 30 or 2% and 2.5% MBS across two operations. We begin the day given no substantive news, with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged from Thursday evening and the tenure yielding 1.23% after closing yesterday at 1.24%. Thanks again to Candor for sponsoring today's podcast. I look forward to hearing more great things. Want to know more? Go to candortechnology.com. Tell them Robbie Chrisman sent you. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.